Jesus Scroll, a University Fellowship Church pod about twice a week, and we chew on God's Word and what, what it, we've been challenged by in our lives and what we're studying. So, hopefully to offer that up to you as encouragement and uh, challenge and uh, comfort at times and uh, maybe a laugh or two along the way. This week we have S. Dunkey, the Sean Meister, Sean Duncan with us. I'm back once again, Chris. You're back. I am. It feels like it's been a while since we've it has. I think been in, here. I think in real time, it's maybe been six weeks since I've been in here. No way. It ha- it's been a long time. Over a month that you've recorded? I don't think I recorded any in the month of August. It's currently September. That's crazy. 13th, 14th? You're the, you're the backbone. Well... <laughs> Some would say cornerstone. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, a Bible joke. <laughs> and that was a heretical. Joke. Yeah. Um, you are looking at the coming fall term. So you're on break right now with Good Fight, the yep. college pastor. Yep. So. Yeah. September 27th, things kick off. If this has come out, is it, if this is coming out after that, then we're in full swing on the U of O campus with a. Uh, uh, outreach and having yeah. a, a college ministry meeting on campus. So, so exciting. Yeah, it'll be fun. So you you went through this text with the college ministry. Yep. Can you give us a glimpse of what's happening in a couple of weeks? Where uh, are you going? You know, I just don't know <laughs> if I should reveal it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I do know. <laughs> I know what we're going to do. You but guys. Listeners, if we hit 500 subscribers. Yeah. If Just kidding. If we get 500 likes on this video. <laughs> We'll release next week what Sean is doing in the fall with the good fight. That will be happening the yeah. following week. <laughs> well, Chris, I said this was going to be a 10 minute, uh, a 10 minute episode and we're we already did. two minutes in. We so, are. So maybe it'll be a 12 minute one, but uh, yeah, let, we're continuing second Timothy. Okay. Um, the letter is written by Paul to Timothy, who's a, uh, a young pastor elder. He's stationed in Ephesus over the church in Ephesus um, Paul is in prison, and this is the last letter that he writes. He is awaiting his death, basically. So yeah. it's like final hour words. So what would you say in the last few few moments of your life type of thing? That's kind of like what, yeah. what Paul's saying to Timothy. And and the resounding message of both First and Second Timothy is guard the gospel. Mm-hmm. But at all costs, hold fast to the gospel, guard the gospel, pass on the gospel. That is what... It is all about, and just for listeners, reminder: the gospel is the good news that God's reconciling sinful humanity to Himself through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. All of God's promises find their fulfillment in the person of Jesus, who is both God and man, a hundred percent God, hundred percent man, and He He died the death that we deserve, so that we might live the life that He earned and achieved in eternal life. Amen. Yeah, and all that's through faith. Yeah. Go figure. Um, <laughs> That whole divine economy thing, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't make no sense. Yeah, so we're, we're picking it up in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's the second to last chapter. And how about you read? I know you're going to read a different translation than I'm I, so I will, sorry. but it's okay. Uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9, and we'll just talk through it. Okay. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. 
For among them are those who enter into the household and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind rejected in regard to the faith, but they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janus and Jambres' folly was also. Great reading. Thank you. Good job. Uh, so this text, um, if we miss like the bigger context, sometimes it's just, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, so so Tim, Paul is just reminding Timothy throughout this letter that there's going to be opposition to the gospel, um, both internally, like people rising up in the church who oppose true doctrine, but then also from the outside, there's going to be um, people who reject God and don't want to follow Jesus. And that's a type of opposition too. Um, so right here in these verses, uh, there are two commands and then basically a, a reminder. So you have the command um, in verse one, understand this, right? He wants Timothy to understand something. Mm-hmm. Then in verse five, he says, avoid such people. And then in verse nine, you have this uh, almost like a reminder of, of something. He says, they will not get very far. Their folly will be plain to all as was that of those mm-hmm. two men. Um, or in other words, th- they won't get away with rejecting God and opposing the gospel. Yeah. So that's those like that's kind of how, how it's fitting together in the letter. Um, but just looking at this, uh, I, I title all my sermons, even though like it never makes it anywhere, yeah. but it's just for me, and I titled the sermon, um, a portrait of sin because mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's nine verses that, um, give you a holistic picture of, of the depravity of humanity, like going through that list. And we're not going to spend time like looking at each phrase. Maybe that'd be a good exercise for someone, but, um, by and large, that description that you read about these people in what he says, the last days, which is really from the time uh, Jesus ascended in the heavens and the spirit came in Acts chapter two, all the way until Christ returns. We are in the last days. It's it's like the, fi- it's uh, maybe in a uh, 24 hour period, if it's hour 23 yeah. going into 24, like you're in the, the last moments of the day. So in these last days, there will be these people that he describes and, and some of the descriptions, you know, uh, people who are disobedient to their parents, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounds like it was me. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> I don't like this list. But he's giving this portrait uh, of people who reject God. And I think you could you could summarize all of it by a few phrases. So in verse two, he says, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. And verse four, he says that people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So the entire portrait of like the sinfulness of humanity, you could paint the one broad brushstroke of loving self rather than God mm-hmm. that that results in all those other things. Um, so I think it's a portrait and it's showing like the, the hidden deception of, of sinfulness and some of the descriptions that um, some of them actually have the appearance of godliness in verse five. Like they, some of these people, they actually look like they're godly people. They look like they're religious people. So on the outside, they look very good but on the inside, they don't love God. Mm-hmm. So that's one of these distinctions that he's making. For some people, it'll be obvious that they don't love God. But for other people, it will be hard to tell that they don't love God. They'll actually look like they're godly. So um, when thinking through like, well, well, how, what's this text for me? You know, mm-hmm. I like reverse engineered it. And I thought um, rather than giving like an encouragement, I was like, well, man, how could I ruin my faith? 
Yeah. According to this text, like how could I make a train wreck of my faith? And I think there's actually some answers. One answer, here's how you can make a train wreck of your faith is um, be overly optimistic about humanity. Hmm. Just assume that humans in general are good. Yeah. Uh, There's that song. um, I believe most people are good and most mamas deserve sainthood. Who's that by? (laughs) It's a... Oh man, it's, it's totally slipped my mind. Uh, maybe someone can can comment on the link down below. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a it's a country song. It's just the idea like people are good. That's actually an ancient heresy um, that people are inherently born good mm-hmm. and not sinful. But according to this text, I mean, he starts off understand this: people are sinful. Yeah, people are sinful. So don't be overly optimistic. So that's one way of making a train wreck of your faith. Another way, though, to to ruin your faith and make a train wreck would be the exact opposite, which would be to be um, overly pessimistic mm-hmm. about human evil. And he gives these descriptions of these teachers in verses six through um, through seven, and he compares them to Giannis and Yambrus. And it's it's these people who are like in the church, maybe, or maybe they're trying to sneak into the church, and they are preying on those in need, like. Um, the description here is is weak women, it, likely women who have lost their husbands or, or or have experienced like some familial death, and they're in need in some way. And that's like they're like, oh, my opportunity to strike. Yeah. These busters sneak in. Uh, it's really sketchy and manipulative. Yeah. It's, it's really messed up. And he compares it to uh, the magicians in the book of Exodus. They're not named in Exodus. That's it's just like a a Jewish tradition that hmm. kind of gives them names. So that's why they're they're referenced here. Um, but he is referencing the magicians in the book of Exodus who opposed Moses. And the way they imposed Moses, if you remember, Moses throws down his staff and it turns into a snake. And then the magicians show up and they throw down their staffs and they turn into snakes. Mm-hmm. So they, they're they able to like recreate the experience. But eventually, Moses and the truth of God wins out. Yeah, And that's kind of his point here in verse 9. He says, look... People are deceitful. People are creeps. People are manipulative and they will not get away with it. Mm. They won't get away with it. So you could be overly optimistic about humanity, but you could also be overly pessimistic about humanity as well. And that would also actually make a train wreck of your faith because you begin to lose hope in the justice of God. Yeah. So we know far too much about the sinfulness of man to be optimists, but we also know far too much about the goodness and the justice of God to be pessimists. Mm-hmm. So we can be realists in our faith. And that's, that's how we actually hold on to our, our faith. Well, uh, there's one other command though. It's right in the center of the, all these verses. And it's in verse five, he says, avoid such people. And, and that one was like almost like a trip up at first, like avoid such people. Should I not interact with people who are sinful or people who are non-believers? Yeah. And he, that's not what he means. I mean, Paul even writes in in First Corinthians. He's talking about interacting with the world. He says that uh, uh, not not to deal with people uh, in the world like that. And then and then he clarifies. He's like, not that you shouldn't interact with them because then you'd have to leave the world entirely. And yeah. that's not what I'm saying. So he's not saying don't interact with them. Mm-hmm. What he's saying when he said what he means by uh, avoid such people is avoid association with them. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid the association of oh, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. Right. So, uh, with the remainder of my my, my time, I know I've gone a little <laughs> over. Um, here's like where the rubber would hit the road for us living right now. Mm-hmm. There are many quote unquote um, churches 
there are many quote unquote Christian organizations. Not all of them are Christian organizations. Mm-hmm. One practical example would be um, a universalist Unitarian church. There's one back home where I'm from. I know there's there's some here in, mm-hmm. in the Eugene Springfield area. So just to break down what that means. Universalist is referring to how they view salvation. That um, all people are saved regardless of faith. So salvation is a universal thing for all people, whether or not they had any faith whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to relativism. Relativism, uh, the nuance is that uh, it's it's people with faith are saved. It just doesn't really matter what their faith was in. Right. But universalism is that all people, regardless of faith, will be saved. You don't have to believe in Jesus to be saved, which that flies in the face of scripture and Jesus himself. And then the Unitarian piece, universalist, Unitarian. Unitarian refers to how they view the deity of God. Hmm. They're denying the Trinity. So we are, um, we believe a triune God. They believe in a unity, not a tri, tri not a Trinity, a tri-unity, yeah. but a unity. So Unitarian, they view there being one God and only one person. So mm. maybe they're modalists. They see God changing forms, but not being three distinct persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, so right there, they call themselves Christians. Mm-hmm. We would begin to make a shipwreck of our faith if we were, if we were just super agreeable and said, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, we're all Christians. Yeah. Because they, they deny two essential um, aspects of, of a really core doctrine for the gospel. That salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. The only way to be saved. Jesus says that no one comes to the father except through me. Mm -hmm. And then also about who God is, who are we being reconciled to? Are we being reconciled to the God who is revealed in the father, the son and the Holy spirit, or is it just one God? And then it just changes who Jesus is as well. So there's all these problems that stem from that. And if we begin to say, yeah, you're a Christian, um, we actually begin to allow people to live in condemnation because they don't know God. They don't know the gospel, at least with clarity, maybe by God's grace, they um, don't even understand their own doctrine and they really are saved, but we should never assume that. So yeah. it, it minim it um, minimizes our evangelism mm-hmm. uh, and it, it actually leaves people um, in their hopeless state. So uh, all from this text, three ways to ruin your faith and just make a shipwreck of your Christian experience. You could be overly optimistic about humanity, in which case you'll be very disappointed because people are sinners. <laughs> you could be overly pessimistic about human evil. You could just uh, assume that human evil wins the day and you could lose all sense of hope, in which case you're going to wake up every morning very, very discouraged. Uh, and, and the third way is you could just say, yeah, we're all Christians. Everyone's a Christian. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. And to quote Syndrome from The Incredibles, <laughs> he says, if everyone is super, no one is. Yeah. Everyone's a Christian. No one is. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I think uh, there's something in there for yeah. the listener. I was chewing on that for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. I love that. I, I think anytime that we get real clarity in scripture, you know, sometimes you have to work mm-hmm. the text a little bit more mm-hmm. than others to understand it that it's valuable. And I appreciate that amongst all these warnings that we have that reminder yeah. that God is just and he's good and mm-hmm. we don't have to lose heart amongst that. Yeah. Yeah. So wherever you might be, uh, stay on mission for gospel clarity, guard the gospel, but also pass the gospel on just like 
Second Timothy tells us to do. Amen. Yeah. All right, guys. We will catch you next time. On the Liberty Flop. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 